Welcome to this special NBA Finals edition episode of the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. I'm your host, Nathan Callanan, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jack Lynch. We're coming to you from Melbourne, Australia, where it is currently 2 p.m. on Monday, the 12th of October. On today's show, the Los Angeles Lakers are the 2020 NBA champions. They've just defeated the Miami Heat in six games. We will be announcing the winners of our two giveaways, the Twitter one that we ran today and the Kobe Black Mamba Lakers jersey that we've been promoting for two weeks now, whatever it is. We're going to be announcing the winners of those. So that's very exciting. And we're just, of course, going to be breaking down the nothing game that was game six and looking back slightly on the Lakers title run. We're ready to go. It's time for tip off. Once again, welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. I am joined by a guy who is not a Lakers fan, but he does enjoy seeing LeBron taste success. How are you, Jail? Nathan, I'm all right. I mean, I'm torn. Um, part of me is like, fuck, <laughs> I hate the Lakers. Now they've got 17 championships to go with, you know, to, to match my Celtics. Um, the other part of me is like, I'm watching arguably the best player of all time play and I should enjoy him. And, you know, I've always been a big fan of him. So, I mean, I enjoy that part of it, but I just wish it wasn't for the Lakers, I suppose. So LeBron James uh, joins Michael Jordan as the only players with at least four finals MVP awards. And I think there's also a record tied with that to do with winning the MVP as well. Like they're the only two to win four finals MVPs and four four MVPs. LeBron's won four MVPs. Yeah, or is it five? He's won four and, and MJ won five. So he, I mean, and we're just going to keep continuing to just just list off the records today. The Lakers win their 17th title, as you said, tied with the Celtics. There's also another player who won his third championship with three different teams, Danny Green. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> to Danny Green. He tried his best not to for a little bit there, but um, yeah, <laughs> not much I, I saw, you can say about Danny Green. I'm not sure if I... No, I don't think I said it on the podcast. I looked this up the other day and Robert Horry... John Stolley or Solly or something like that. And now LeBron and Danny Green are the ones to win championship, three championships of three different teams. Out of those four players, LeBron James is like, you can't say he's the first player to do it, but you know what I'm trying he's the, to get He's to? the first player to lead three teams yes. to a championship. I mean, Robert Horry had, what, seven champion championships, I think, by the time he retired and hit some clutch shots, but... That's all he was sort of there for. Um, yeah. Danny Green's the same thing, just role players just playing their playing their part, I suppose, which is still important. But no, LeBron's the only one to really lead from the front and 
being the only player to win finals MVP on three teams is sort of like the more telling statistic there. It's definitely that whole that whole conversation and the three different teams definitely sparks up the GOAT debate with Jordan again. But let's sort of recap the game. So what do you think of the game overall? It was pretty nothing. The first like six minutes were good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was thinking, well, I guess like you've got Butler and LeBron coming off these huge games and you've got uh, Danny Green who faced a lot of criticism after game five. And it's those first few minutes, like, all right, who's going to set the tone here? And I thought LeBron came out really, you know, really aggressive. And it sort of reminded me of the 2016 finals where he scored 41 in game five and everyone was like, oh, Draymond's not playing. It's, you know, it doesn't really count. And then he did it again in game six. Um, LeBron had that sort of energy where no matter what, he was going to get to the basket. Um, Obviously, that didn't need to keep happening. So he was happy to take a back seat. But after those first few minutes, it was just a bit of a snooze fest, really. It was fun um, in for Lakers fans and like watching Rondo hit those layups and um, just watching the role players get involved. That part was enjoyable. But if it was a regular season game, I'm turning the TV off, you know, halfway through the second quarter. As I said to you before we jumped on the pod, I started hanging my washing at halftime and it took me a long time. It took me into the third quarter hanging my washing. So didn't I, didn't really, back. <laughs> I didn't really catch the third quarter. I'll just put a big blanket over it on my thoughts. I, I could sense from very early on that, and I was scared of this happening, the way I saw Jimmy Butler walk away from his post-game press conference the other day and he was really... He was like limp, you know, he's that sore tight yeah. after playing 47 minutes and 12 seconds of the last game. He was basically limping from soreness. I, I was scared that this might happen, that he wouldn't be able to step it up. He did play 45 minutes today, so uh, hats off to him. But overall, even though Bam had 25 points, just looking at the box score now, it didn't feel like Bam had a good game again. Yeah, it didn't really leave an impression yeah, Butler, like that, yeah, Butler only had 12 and you can't ask too much. And as much as the Lakers played well, with this game six of the 2020 NBA Finals, I don't want this to ever be remembered as the game that the Lakers overcame this stubborn Miami Heat team. Because in my opinion, from what I saw there in that first half and then I guess the fourth quarter, Miami... Miami weren't there. Miami didn't show up today and the Lakers didn't play like some super team. They just didn't drop their level. They kept this high level and Miami dropped theirs game over. And that's that's what I, how I want it to be remembered. I don't think there was, there was a really big performance from anyone. Uh, I know you probably want to go on about Rajan. <laughs> My boy. <laughs> Uh, 19 points. I was impressed with his three-pointers. He made three of four, and that's what I say is the key to him and unlocks his real impact on the floor. Um, AD didn't need to do much, only 19. And just overall, I just, that's, I'm leaving it there. You can talk. Well, I, I thought that the the Heat lost this instead of the Lakers winning this. Um, well, I suppose the way the the playoffs are going so far is that Miami keep taking these punches early and then responding. And it just felt like the Lakers in that, you know, the end of the first and the start of the second, they just threw that knockout punch and that was it. And you just knew early on that that was the heat weren't going to come back from that deficit. 
Um, and you were messaging me during the game. You're like, I can't stand this Lakers bench. But they were up and about. They were firing. The oh. the Heat bench was looking dejected. It, it just had that feel early on. It reminded me of the 2008 finals game six where Boston beat the Lakers. And, you know, it was like a 30-something point blowout. And it just happens in these series sometimes where when you're fighting and fighting and fighting, you just get to this point where I think mentally they were just exhausted as well as physically. Cause like, you know, for example, Jimmy Butler, who's been incredible this entire series was averaging 10 free throw attempts per game, putting up, you know, getting to the, uh, to the basket, putting up mid range shots. He only shot the ball 10 times tonight and only took three free throws. So his usage rate was way down. Uh, looked a lot more passive. So I just think overall, Miami were just absolutely exhausted and just had nothing left in the tank to fight back to the Lakers. Um, you said they didn't play that well themselves. Yes and no. I mean, they weren't doing anything spectacular offensively. They were just playing the way they normally do. They finished on 160, 106 points, which their average is what, probably 113 or so. So didn't do anything extraordinarily, uh, anything outstanding offensively. Um, but their defense was phenomenal. Like, the Heat scored 35 points in the third quarter, but they only scored 93 for the game. So quick maths, what's that? 55 points at three at the end of three quarters? Yeah. So it was just credit to the Lakers there. They were, fo- you know, their main focus all season long was defense, and when it mattered most, they showed up. Yeah, I just think that, I mean, again, the Lakers didn't play below good. It's just that I didn't even... I. I didn't agree with sort of, I guess, that take and the commentator saying that there's a defensive clinic. I just thought that the Heat were not good on both sides of the ball today. Um, I mean, I put in the notes there. At one stage, they had no... It was the start of the second quarter. They started with no Robinson or Hero on the court. There was no movement. They were getting nothing. And the Lakers... Yeah, I just thought that they didn't elevate on any sort of way. It's just that the Heat didn't perform. Uh, Mike Breen said early that the Heat was shooting 88% from the free throw line coming into this game. And today they shot 13 of 22 from the free throw line as a team. Uh, No, (laughs) just just no. But then you've got to look at the other side where the Lakers started 11 from 11 inside the paint. Like they were just hitting everything. They were clicking um, their threes didn't really fall for the game. They finished 11 of 35, which is sort of, you know, just a bit below average, but they started, they started so slowly. It was just the fact that they were going to the ring every single possession. And that's why um, Robertson and Hero had to come out of the game because the Lakers were just targeting them every single possession. Let's get past it. It's, <laughs> it was it was a crappy game. Worth noting that Dragic did uh, play in this game. Apparently the pain was extreme, but the... The, the trainers and the doctors advised him that if he does play, the injury can't get worse. So he would just have to play through some pain. And I just thought that was a bad idea. Him and Bam, ever since they got injured, basically, in that game one, Bam Bam just had a bad series the rest of the series. I, I don't care about his 25 that he put up today. I still didn't think he played good today. And Dragic didn't look much today either. He just sort of waste of space. Um, not to say he's bad, but he's got a destroyed foot. Just go with you guys. I think uh, I think Dragic coming back was sort of the throwing the Hail Mary touchdown pass at the end of a game sort of thing. It was like, we just need anything we can to work right now. And if he's willing to play and the doctors is like, yep, you're good, 
the last thing you want is to lose this game without at least giving it a chance. Um, and that's what I just, I liked Spolstra for doing that. I thought that's the right decision to make. He's led the team in scoring all playoffs. You got to live, you live and die with your best players. And even if he's not hundred percent, you just got to know if he can put in 12 minutes together, sort of thing of just smart basketball, where it doesn't have to be driving to the rim, just making the right passes. It would, it could have paid off if the score, you know, the score was different. It just, you know, the Lakers just blew out the heat today and there was nothing Dragic could do about that. So let's talk about this Lakers season and this title run just quickly. We'll, we'll get we'll get into it further on our next pod and, and so on. But the Lakers, in the offseason, there was a big name that was coming to them. It was, you know, there's a bit of uh, resistance and stuff like that. But finally, they landed Jared Dudley. <laughs> the one Jared Dudley carried them no I'm joking Anthony Davis LeBron James went to the Los Angeles Lakers two off seasons ago now and I was one of the huge critics especially because the only other team he his representatives had a meeting with he didn't go to the meeting but was Philly my team I was livid that LeBron went to the Lakers because as Mark Jackson was critiquing today, the people that said that LeBron only went for movies. Well, let me just say to you, Mark Jackson, that when LeBron James went, unless Rich Paul and Magic Johnson said to LeBron, we get an AD, we are getting AD or someone like that next season, like lock it in. Unless they said that to LeBron, LeBron went to that Lakers team and forget the injury. They were not going to, make the finals last year and there was no guarantee that he was definitely going to get a Kawhi or a who else was available Kawhi or a Jimmy or a AD and so for all the people that two off seasons ago like myself and it's not about defending myself said that what the hell is he going there for it's clearly not going to win how could I have known <laughs> how could I have known <laughs> they were going to get AD so anyway they got AD and it's like, oh, you look like a dickhead now. Everyone has said that. <laughs> you do look like a dickhead because you said that. Of course <laughs> no. he was going to get someone. He went to a team that they were had these young pieces that were had a lot of worth, you know, they, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, they always had that high value that were going to be traded for someone and they also had cap space. It was just like LeBron's going there knowing that in a year's time, this is his franchise, do whatever he wants with it. But you've got to... You got to level with me and say that you can never confirm things like these. If, like, if it's look LeBron, at- you can. He's not going to a team to to not win games. He knew from the get go. He had one year to try and you know feel his way through LA, see what he could do. And they were sitting in the third seed when he got injured last year or last season. And they were they were only like what four games ahead of ten, so it was quite a tight race. But they were in the playoff race. They probably they wouldn't have made the finals. They might have only you know made the second round. That would have been a successful year with that young team. But they were never planning on staying. LeBron knew from the get-go that he had the reins to this franchise and he was going to make sure something happened. Yeah, well, that's what I'm going to have to believe. So (laughs) I don't like to believe in, God, forecasting that early because that's real shit. You know, that's a real shit thought, especially if you are a Lakers disliker, (laughs) um, that... That was so assured because if you had said that to me when he went two off seasons ago, he's getting another top five player in just one season time, guaranteed, which I'm sure I'm going to have to believe now that Rich Paul organized when he went to the Lakers, I would be like, this is bullshit. You can't organize this shit this early. But anyway, anyway, 
You know what I'm saying. Uh, so LeBron got AD and of course the Lakers were, I mean, if you had half a brain, they were one of the favorites coming into this season. Don't look at the ESPN bullshit. The Lakers, the Bucks, and the Clippers, the rest, uh, we can argue over. I had the Sixers as well, but the Lakers, the Bucks, and the Clippers were the three title favorites coming into this season. The Clippers folded and did their Clippers bullshit. The Bucks are overrated and rightfully proven by what the Heat did to them. And that just leaves. This is no, we've discussed it before. This is no Golden State like dominance championship. This is just last man standing. That's exactly right. Last man standing. The other teams fell off and similar to today's game, Miami fell off LeBron and his AD top five partner were never going to fall off. And they end up dropping a total of what's that? A total of five games for the whole six. They went 16. No, they dropped six games. They they shouldn't, shouldn't have doubted you. (laughs) <laughs> they dropped a total of five games. Their playoffs record was 16 and five in the bubble, which is conditions that some said is the toughest conditions ever in an NBA postseason. Where do you think this puts LeBron in the GOAT debate with Jordan? Now, here we go. N- not not your thoughts. Let's not get into it too much. We'll We'll keep previewing our GOAT debate. But what is the world and the media going to start saying about LeBron? When you when you put the TV on tonight, Australian uh, midnight, and first take is on Stephen A. and Max Kellerman, what's the title underneath Molly? <laughs> well, <laughs> you just know that they're going to argue one way or another just to get viewers. Maybe we should start doing that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, I remember when LeBron was down to Golden State 3-1 and they won game five and everyone's like, oh, well, they're a chance. And ESPN that, you know, those few days was, if LeBron comes back and wins this, he's the greatest ever. And then he doesn't. And it's MJ still the greatest ever. Like, I don't know. I just think no matter what he does, he's not going to get, you know, a unanimous decision. Of course, he's not going to have a unanimous decision, but the the majority is always going to side with championship rings, which is such a stupid way of looking at it. But I just think that's what it's always going to come down to in the end. Bill Russell's the goat. <laughs> Robert Horry up there as well. <laughs> Our man getting two uh, shout outs on one show. How lucky is he? Patrick McCaw. <laughs> LeBron today has passed Patrick McCaw. <laughs> McCaw's got three rings. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hilarious. His first three years in the league. Yeah. So funny. Uh, it'll go on and on and on. I personally would love to do more and more study on Jordan's game before I comment on the debate. We'll have it one day, JL, when we, when we've got, maybe when we get Stephen A on the show, we'll, uh, we'll debate with him about the Jordan. He's been been begging to come on, but we, uh, we just want to have some, (laughs) we just don't want to skip down to that level yet. Uh, but AD, how does, how does his legacy look? from here well i mean just in not in terms of legacy just in terms of like rating the best players at the current time most people would have had him from like you know just being on just social media and you see the comments and you see the way the analysts on tnt and espn talk about it they always sort of had ad at like the 8 to 12 range you know going into this season of best players 
And I think he's cemented himself in the top five now. He's proven that when it matters most, his game is so unique but so important, you know. The fact that he can stay on the court in the playoffs, he can shoot from outside, he's so versatile defensively. These are the things that actually matter. And in the playoffs when teams actually have time to sit down and think, how are we going to beat this opposition? And in on the um, JJ Reddick podcast, I was talking about it this week with um, DeMar DeRozan. And, you know, DeMar was saying how hard it is to beat LeBron in the playoffs because LeBron just, he'll adapt his game to, you know, find a way to beat you. And I think that's when you find, you find out teams' weaknesses in the playoffs because, you, you know, instead of having three games a week and then you fly to a city and you've got to play them all of a sudden for one game, you're not actually too worried about scouting or anything like that. Whereas in the playoffs and you sit down for, you know, a week and you think, what can we do over and over again to exploit this? And Davis has shown that there is nothing about him that can be exploited. Despite what everyone was trying to say with the Rockets, they were like, oh, they're going to go small and PJ Tucker's going to be one to stop Anthony Davis. And every single playoff series, Jokic was the same thing. He was going to stop Davis, but he's just proven he's one of the elite players in this league and credit to him. Like he, To me, he's top five now. He, he definitely is. He averaged 25 points for this final series, two blocks, uh, one steal a game, and a three-point percentage of 48.3% from three on just over three attempts. He he definitely is a top five player. Just quickly, Jimmy Butler. How do we look at Jimmy moving forward? I think he's in that same boat where even, he was probably even harder to try and work out where he fit into it all because he was sort of so hard his teams are always doing well but his stats aren't that good but everyone talks about how his leadership's so important and obviously that's intangible you can't see that on the box score and he was in that ad bracket of probably about eight to 12 for the most part and then be a few critical people that would say nah he's you know 15 he actually doesn't provide that much his three-point shooting is this you know but i think it's pretty clear that he's at least top 10 no doubt. Um, and he might not be the flashiest player and he might not have the flashiest stats, but playoffs are where it matters. And like we said over and over again, and I think that last season for Philly, he was big in the playoffs when it mattered most. And he's done it again this year, carried Miami to, you know, six games in the finals. That's what matters more than anything else. So, I haven't, you know, sat down and thought about my top 10 in a while, but Jimmy Butler would definitely have a spot there for me. Going into next season, we'll definitely have a podcast where we decide our collective top 10, which is going to be so fun for all the arguments. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy Butler, for me, just a little sneak preview of what I think. Jimmy Butler is, I judge on mainly on playoff performance which is why you get players like James Harden and Giannis Antetokounmpo sliding down my rankings for me. Jimmy Butler is definitely a top 10 player. We'll work it out another time when we jump on a podcast dedicated to that. But he's clearly, he's he's backed it up two teams in a row. Love him or hate him, you know, his mentality, he's proven that he can do it when it matters most. And it's a superstar league, you know, sometimes it does all the weight does fall on your shoulders. So good on Jimmy Butler, but congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Let's announce this 
highly anticipated Lakers Black Mamba edition jersey. Special limited edition. It's got eight on the front, 24 on the back. It's been, man, people have been nagging me about this this one, JL. You're still doing the, still doing the comp. When's it being announced? <laughs> I'm just hoping you don't pick up some of my burner accounts and realize that it's me that's <laughs> going to win. So to win the jersey, you needed to comment on either our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter post. And on Twitter and Instagram, had to follow and I think share and stuff like that. But you had to comment the series score that would hopefully be correct and the correct finals MVP. And just like our random player debate randomizer machine, I put all the people that guessed 4-2 Lakers LeBron James finals MVP into our randomizer machine, JL. Very reliable. How long did it take you to whip all those into an Excel spreadsheet? <laughs> well, we, we won't say the name until Microsoft give us a sponsorship. Um, but I put it in. It took me, we won't say how long because there was many names. And the winner of the Mumba jersey giveaway is from Instagram, the Lakers source, which is, I think, a Lakers page. So of congratulations. Course it's a bloody Lakers page. They <laughs> not like they need something else to celebrate. I uh, there was actually a few Lakers, like only Lakers dedicated page, you know, not like a person in the draw. And when the machine, our special machine sort of popped that out, I was like, oh, this is not gonna go down well with JL. But <laughs> congratulations to the Lakers source. I will be contacting you soon and we'll organize to get that jersey to you. We also did another giveaway today on Twitter. All you had to do was basically follow and if the Lakers won, we would be giving you some cash to two lucky winners. The first one from Twitter, his Twitter handle is, or she, <laughs> profile picture is a boy, uh, at C underscore mob, mob, so M-O-B underscore uh what do you call that? I, 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 the like the third, C-Mob the third. So congratulations, you've won $50 cash. And our second Twitter cash winner is at Declan Kennedy 96. That's an, so, it's an easier name for you to talk about rather than C underscore mob underscore the third. Yeah, so congratulations to those two guys, uh, C-Mob the third and Declan Kennedy 96. You've both won $50 cash for following the page and the Lakers won for you. JL, let's uh, wrap it up there. Easy done. The Lakers are champions. We'll be resuming back to our normal one pot a week now. I'm sure they're going to be very narrative filled <laughs> now in the off season. But the good thing is it's a short off season, short turnaround. So get straight into the draft stuff and the free agency stuff and previews for next season. We'll talk to you next Tuesday, Australian time, Monday, US time. We'll be up uploading that day every week. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter and press follow or subscribe, whatever that button is on your podcast app. And if you are on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, don't forget to leave a review or a five-star rating. It really helps the show. I'll talk to you next week, JL. Looking forward to it, mate.